Homemakers Club podcast. The Homemakers Club is a sisterhood of women who value the old-fashioned ways and traditions of making a house a home. As you listen in each week to conversation between myself and a fellow homemaker, it is my hope that you'll feel as though we are old friends and you're stopping by my home for a long-standing weekly tradition of sweet tea and sweet conversation. As good old friends do, we will celebrate the simplicities of ordinary days and come alongside one another to navigate the joys and hardships of homemaking. It is my prayer that when we say our goodbyes at the end of each episode, you leave with a heart that is enriched and filled with provision so that when you tie your apron strings each morning, you are joyfully ready to create a beautiful and fruitful life within your home. Grab a cup of tea and I'll meet you at the kitchen table. Welcome to the Homemakers Club podcast. Today I have my sweet friend, Holly Lavelle. You can find Holly on Instagram at Holly Grace at Home. She has a darling journal on her website at hollygraceathome.com. I'll share the links in the podcast notes below. But on there, you can find so many beautiful tools and resources that she's wrote. And she's paired with just beautiful, beautiful photos all about homemaking and gardening and encouragement within the gospel. And then she actually just launched a shop that is made of homemade, handmade goods and some vintage goods as well that they actually, I think, have pretty much sold out, Holly. Am I correct? No, we've had all the aprons and headscarves. A lot of those have sold out, and I was surprised a lot of the vintage did. But yeah, it's very wonderful. Beautiful. Your craftsmanship is so beautiful. So we'll talk a little bit more about your shop later in this episode. But I am just so grateful you're here with me today. I am so grateful that you decided to join and share the word of the Lord and your heart for homemaking. And we're going to really get into conversation about how we could be good stewards of the home um, in varying, varying seasons of our homemaking journeys. But before we do that, Holly, I would really, really love for you to share a little bit about your journey into homemaking. And that might include like who planted seeds in your heart when you were younger or what caught your eye and what kind of formed your heart into wanting to pour into your home and your family. And then also a little bit about the season in which you're in today with your homemaking. Yeah. Um, So I have been married for coming up on five years in June. So my homemaking journey really began when Caleb and I were married. Um, in 2017. And I became a mom a couple years ago. My daughter just turned two. Um, and I was a wedding photographer for the first couple years of our marriage, as well as making our home and, um, doing other various jobs. I, I've always had a heart for homemaking and just like creating a space that was very life-giving for my family. Um, I've always been like really, really creative. My, my family's full of like the other side of the brain. Like my parents are both engineers, my sister's a nurse and she's so brilliant. (laughs) And I, they laugh because they don't know where I came from because I'm just like, I want to like go make flower crowns and, (laughs) you know, like hang pictures all over the place whenever I was a kid. So, um, where, my love of homemaking came from is like kind of a a mystery to my parents like and those creative things um i i grew up in a wonderful home and my mother kept a beautiful home but she was 
working full time. So it was a little different, um, than, than I am now, but I, I remember one woman in particular who like she, and she wasn't even a full-time homemaker, but when I remember entering into her home, um, it was this like spark. I, I remember this is like my first taste of like, I want someday for my home to be like this. And, um, it was, she was a coach at my school, the, actually her and her husband were both coaches and she was also the counselor. Um, and they were both such strong believers and spiritual mentors for me. They're still to this day, amazing, like friends and of me and my husband, her husband was like my husband's mentor growing up. And so whenever I remember I went over to their house at Christmas with my twin sister, Christy and walking into their home, there was like a a real fire in the fireplace. Whenever we walked in, they're like, sit down on our couch. Let me give you a hot cup of tea. And I was like, what do we know? I've never had a hot cup of tea. And it was so cozy that a real Christmas tree. And it was just like, this place where I was like, man, I want to like sit here and stay a while. So that was someone who really influenced my heart for like walking into a home and feeling like I belonged and like I could stay as long as I needed to. Um, that's somebody that came to mind when you asked that. And then right now I am, um, staying at home with my daughter, keeping our home. I also do, I still do some wedding photography just in a little bit of a different way. Instead of doing like full-time I help other photographers by second shooting and associate shooting for them. So I don't have to be editing all the time, which is nice so that I can be gardening and um, doing things with Millie. So that's kind of what life looks like for me right now. And my, my husband's a youth pastor. So also just being a part of his youth ministry and ministering to students and our leaders and stuff. I love that. So you are, your home is really based on being like good stewards to your community, not just within your home. And so I love that you guys do that together as well, because then you further reach the home, really the heart of the home within uh, the ministry that your husband is in. And then you, you share a lot of that on Instagram, which I think is so beautiful. And that's what drew me to you is the photos are obviously beautiful. So when you said that you're a photographer, I went, aha, uh-huh, that's where this is coming from, your gifts and your skills. And then your wisdom and the words that you share, I just love how you're authentic with what you share. So you, what I love is that you share and capture home beautifully through your Thank photography you. and then your words. You share truth and wisdom and how to create foundational roots within the gospel, which I just love. And I find so much life poured into my own heart when I read your words. But one of the things I love most about you, Holly, is that you are honest with what you share. And so some of your posts, I actually start cracking up reading because like your your story of cooking, like oh, you <laughs> shared that. And I, I'd like for you to share a little bit about that with your um with the people who are listening today because we we see women on Instagram and a lot of times we assume they've got it all together it's all been natural their whole journey their homes always looked like that they've always been great at baking pies or and I've funny I always talk about pies but like it's a lot of work or sourdough or gardening but these are all <laughs> skills we've had to learn well first we had to try <laughs> And then we had to learn and fail and try and learn. And so it's like this ever-growing opportunity to become who we want to be or who God sowed us to be. And so I'd like for you to share a little bit, actually, before we really get into it, about your journey into becoming a cook in your home. 
Oh man. I'm so glad you brought that up. That's such a funny story. Okay. Yeah. So I shared, I think that was last summer, um, shared a photo of like just a, a meal that we had that was a lot of it was grown in our garden, um, just on the picnic table. And I talked about how when Caleb and I were first married, I was not only a really bad cook, but I was also a really lazy one. <laughs> and so I think our first year of marriage, most of our meals were either fried rice or spaghetti because that was about all I could make that was edible. I remember I like tried to make a soup one time, like a, a pesto soup. Cause I, I had a small little garden our first year and it was the worst thing. My, he like Caleb tried to power through a couple bites, but it was so bad, but just this idea that it is something that you have to labor towards is I, I was not, I didn't know how to cook like, but it's a way now that I realized I can serve my family. And I didn't see that our first year and really into our second year of marriage. I really didn't see at first how that was an area that I wasn't really looking to steward my gifts or to serve my husband. And it was something that he would have loved for me to do. And he like was so lovingly kind of hinting that I would really love for you to cook for us. And now, you know, I love to do that. I'm still not the best cook. I really do enjoy it. And I, there's definitely recipes that I, I think I've, I've got down, down, I've, <laughs> you know, I, I have in my back pocket. Um, and so, but I think, like you said, I, I, I laugh because I see all these beautiful sourdough breads and things. I've never been able to, I've never been able to do sourdough, but I can, I can grow some zucchini and make it in my garden. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it is what you said that we have to know that the photos that we see online is people have stewarded their gifts to get to where they are. They are, you don't wake up one day and are the best chef. I think some people are naturally gifted and in things, but you don't work, you don't wake up knowing how to cook an amazing apple pie. You have to learn and grow and, and steward those things to serve your family. So that was somewhere where I had to humble myself and be like, I need to actually invest time into doing this because it's a way that my husband's going to feel loved. Mm -hmm. And you, the (laughs) word I think you said that really struck me is humble. We have to humble ourselves. There's certain tasks within our job, within the home that we don't necessarily find glorious or beautiful or worthy of like taking a photo and sharing it on Instagram. But we like to share the things that we do care about that we're great at or sometimes like you with that photo and I can actually picture it perfectly in my head is like, we that's a beautiful thing about homemaking is that we get to do the things we're great at for our family and pour that love and attention and the joy the things that bring us joy but then we also have the opportunity to learn new skills to bless the people that are within our homes and so i may not love certain things about the things that bless my husband's life but i'm learning to love them because i get to love him well through those actions and and we were raised differently we come from different paths and so being able to humble ourselves and being aware of the people that live within our homes so we can serve them well is a great opportunity to be a steward in the way that God called us to be and I think that that's so beautiful one thing I'd like to talk about is how homemaking isn't always joyful we find ourselves in seasons where we're like wow this is a really 
un, unfavorable time in our lives, whether it's marriage that is struggling or our children or or a lot of women have experienced really hard things in their lives. And so a lot of times, or comparison on Instagram, a lot of times we find ourselves in unhealthy seasons of um, our homemaking journeys and they come and they go. But I'd like to hear a little bit about um, how you navigate that. When you, when have you gone through seasons, Holly, where you felt like that disconnect or discontentment in your heart within your homemaking journey? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I kind of, like I said, I haven't always been full-time in my home, but my heart was always like longing to be in my home. But then whenever I actually moved to being full-time, a full-time homemaker, I was really discontent for a long time because I was so lonely. I, I, struggle with mental health issues. I have anxiety and depression. Um, and so for me, it was this beautiful thing of, I, I got to do what I felt like I was really being called to do in a sense, but then also struggling with, um, being in our home by myself because I wasn't a mother yet. And my husband was working at church, you know, all day. And then, um, so when he got home, it was hard sometimes because, he was working all day and he just wanted to relax and he would get home and like, be my friend, you know, like, (laughs) um, so there was definitely this disconnect of like, this is what I've always wanted to do. But then dealing with the loneliness, um, that came along with that at first was really, really hard. And I struggled mentally, um, just feeling depressed and lonely, um, and just trying to figure out how to navigate those things was very hard. What did yeah. you do during those seasons? Because I can relate completely. I was home. I've been home for 14 years. And until really the Homemakers Club kind of came into play where I started creating friendships with women in this season and in this journey, I was home with my children. And so I'm like, like children talking <laughs> all day long, but I didn't have adult conversation. Yeah. And so my, bless my husband, he's gone all day for work and he runs retail. So he's with like a lot of talking people and he'd come home same as your husband, just kind of tired and ready for rest and haven. And I'm like chatting him up with all the deals of my day. And, and that's not always like the greatest blessing that they need. So how did you create maybe as community or friendship? What, what did you use as provision for fulfilling that need is like of loneliness or isolation during that time? Yeah. A couple, a couple different things. I, the Lord just blessed me with a friend that was like, so life-giving. She's still my best friend to this day. Um, and just really came into my life as I was beginning my motherhood journey. And she was as well. Um, and also just feeling like you were saying, motherhood can feel very lonely. You have a lot of opinions on the outside, but it can be hard to find people that actually walk that journey with you and not only like share, I think you should be doing this, but then kind of like cook their arm with you and say, okay, we can do this together. So definitely just the provision of that friendship with her, um, with my friend, Sarah. And then also I had to reach out for help, like for, 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 for professional help. Um, and going back to, to my counselor that I had seen whenever I was in high school, um, just going back and being kind of like we were saying, humbling myself and saying, you know, I'm really not okay. And 
I need somebody that I can share all of these struggles and these hurts um, and the weight of my heart with. And she um, is a Christian counselor and can give me biblical truth, but then she can also give me coping techniques of, okay, if I'm struggling in this day, these are some ways that I can cope with if I'm having an anxiety attack or something like that, giving me like actual, you know, physical things. So I think it was a joining of those, of those two things, having people that were walking alongside of me, humbling myself and saying, I need, I need someone who can, is a professional and can help me with this really serious stuff. Um, so, and then also I think too, um, just being in the word, um, I know that that can sound cliche just because as believers, it's like, oh, we need to be in scripture, but knowing God's word and um, hearing his gospel spoken, I, I like have really enjoyed listening to a couple of female theologians like podcast. And so even just like getting to hear other women who are also homemakers, but are so into God's word, that is something that has like ignited my soul to um, be in God's word and to study theology for myself. Because as women, I think sometimes in, in the broader sense of the church, maybe not in our specific churches, women can be overlooked as bearers of the gospel. Um, but we have such an influence within our own homes, within the lives of our children, and as caretakers for a lot of people, that if we're not equipped to know the word of God and let it transform us, but also that those words would be transforming our, the hearts of our children. And, you know, in my case, the children of our youth group that come into our home every week or those things, you know, college leaders that come into my house and sit down for a cup of tea. If I'm not, <laughs> if I don't know what the word of God says about me, I can't, and you know, who I am in Christ, if I'm not anchored in his word and, and, um, then I'm not going to be able to really do anything for this girl that sits across from me or my child who's coming up and needs to be reminded that, you know, who she is in Christ. So that, that as well. That is really powerful. Um, I just had a conversation with some sweet friends earlier today, actually about the heart work that a homemaker needs to do within herself where we find value or pride or encouragement, things that we do for our own hearts so we can pour into those that we bring into our home or that live within our home. I know you're really into the word. Is there any specific skills or mindsets or whatever that you think that the gospel really equips women with once you get into the word? I know my journey into into the Bible started probably 10 years ago. And up until probably the last two years, I had only really used the concordance. So if I was, and I did it every day, but if I was like feeling the need to understand more about joy or the works that we do every day or whatever, I would specifically look for that word and then read the scripture just solely on that. But up until two years, or in the last two years, I've really started studying the word and reading the full chapters and really trying to understand the big picture and then find in stories people who are actually going through they went through journeys just similar to mine or ones that I can relate to in that moment. And of course, it's the living word. So anytime you go back into it, all of a sudden, something that meant nothing all of a sudden means everything. But I'd like for you to kind of 
because you you are so rich in the word and you are able to pour that into the people in your home and the people you bring in, are there anything or any, any verses or anything that you've really learned to equip your heart with to becoming a better homemaker? Like maybe the image of women or how we're bearers of the Lord. Like what are those things that you apply to your own heart so you can pour into your home? Yeah. Um, I think for me in the last year or two, um, studying specifically like women in the gospels and seeing how Jesus interacts with them, because a lot of times, you know, our world wants to say that, um, women should be this way or women should be this way or femininity is this, or maybe push against your femininity or all these different things. And so I think for me, the most grounding thing has been going and seeing how did Jesus interact with the women that he encountered? I think even kind of going back to what we were just talking about and how um, women are co-heirs in the gospel. I was so cool hearing, you know, this past the Holy Week and hearing that the very first person to be charged to go and preach the gospel was Mary Magdalene and the Mary mother of Jesus and Joanna. And, and, you know, maybe a couple other women that aren't listed by name um, that are at the tomb is mind blowing to me that it was women were not valued in Jesus's society, even enough to bear witness in, in the court of law. And yet Jesus is turning that on its head and saying, I value women enough that they can carry the greatest message of all, I'm emotional, like carry the greatest message of all time to the world as the very first bearers. And, it, and even going back before the cross, Jesus announced his ministry to the very first person was the woman at the well who was married five times and the, and the man she was living with wasn't her her husband, you know, like he encountered women, Mary Magdalene, the woman at the well, the woman who, um, uh, has a a bleeding issue. He took the time to see women who the world not only dismissed, but sometimes reviled and even wanted to kill, um, for their sin, for their life, for their womanhood, for any, you know, and Jesus, saw them and offered them hope and dignity. And so for me, within the context of my own home and my own, um, you know, how I am processing the gospel and scripture as a woman, just going and seeing them gives me the most hope because, you know, we can see that the church doesn't always get it right in the way that they handle women in the way, you know, there's a lot of different opinions about a woman's place in the home, a woman's place in the church, a woman's place in the world. But if we go back to see how Jesus encountered those people, I think that that, I think that that's going to be our best place. That's where I'm going to hang my hat at least. (laughs) Mm. I have the chills listening to you talk about how when uh, they opened the tomb and he was not there. And then I actually yesterday, here's what blew my mind. So yesterday on Easter, I for the first time I had read, I, I looked up on Google, I looked up what the um, resurrection means to motherhood. For the first time, I never thought about that. I always hear about like how horrible that would have been for God to have his son go through that and and as a father. And then 
But for the first time yesterday, I thought, what does that look like to motherhood? So I went on there on Google and I found this um, this woman who shared her heart. And I shared it yesterday in a post and I'll include it in the podcast notes because it was incredibly powerful. But as a mom, Mary watching her own son up on the cross and then and then he she was watching the tomb and then they roll it open and then he's not there. He's alive again. And then like you said, she has to go and share that like as if it's not magnificent enough that that just happened, but that was her son. And so with wild joy and fear, I would imagine, because like what, I mean, how do you process something so horribly heartbreaking and heart-wrenching? And then he's alive like mentally and emotionally, I can't even imagine that roller coaster. And then to go and spread that news like wildfire through where they lived, it gives me, it brings me to tears. Because if women and homemakers had that fire and that just powerful testament to our work within our home and then through the gospel of what we just read and learned and that we're always learning by like I can't imagine the magnificence of our world if women understood how powerful and how much the Lord loves us and has called us like through their example it just isn't it just amazing it just blows my mind like even like when you were talking about that, I was thinking back to even, I think Jesus, whenever he's hanging on the cross, I think he spoke five times. And one of the times that he spoke was to John and to his mother. And he, as he's dying on the cross, experiencing the weight of sin for the very first time, experiencing separation from the father for the very first time, um, he makes a provision for his mother of saying, John, care for my mother as if she is your own. He's, you know, John, your mother, mother, this is your son. And thinking, man, I just, it is. And thinking back to Eve and, and knowing that her, as a mother, her, every one of her children would have been born into a broken and sinful world. And for Mary to um, see the hope and the power um, of her child being born into a sinful world and being without sin and then overcoming that sin and being charged to go and spread that message um, to the world, I think is just this really beautiful whole picture of the whole story of, of the, of scripture is, you know, if we're looking at what is, what is the truth of scripture and the gospel for mothers is that, as Eve, her children were born into sin. If Mary's could overcome the grave and 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 um, she could go off into triumph, is that we have that same hope? Is that obviously our children are going to be born into a sinful world, but we have the same hope as Mary, as we can go into the world and share that same gospel, that same gospel, and that same word of hope. Gosh, that's so good. That's so yeah. Man, that was so. That's so cool, Ashley. I love that. That's like amazing. Just the, I just picture this light. Like she just went through absolutely emotional chaos. Like you can't even imagine. And I just picture her as this light, spreading joy and hope and promise, 
into the broken world. And that, I am convinced, Holly, that that is what homemaking is about. And homemakers are called to do is share light within our homes. And then, and I always like use this analogy or idea, and it is in the Bible with the light light on the hilltop for all to see. But like that is, I greatly believe what we are called to do. We're supposed to be light bearers just as Mary was after her son resurrected. And, and she was the first light bearer as far as I'm concerned. She brought forth good, good news. And we as homemakers get to do that within our homes so that our children and our husbands can go out and give light to the world and in our communities. And then it, our, our role in home is so incredibly powerful. Yeah. And it's hard. It's not I, – I like to say like we're called to do hard and holy things – um, it's a, it's a very hard role that we're called to do, and sometimes it's really hard to get to find the value in it. We go through seasons where like this is really difficult, but if uh, if Mary can do it, we can do it. Yeah. I know you said that you had gone to get some professional help. I know you spent a lot of time in the gospel. Do you have any tools? that you think that women can use to, I mean, Mary, it was a really quick, I mean, I can't even imagine how from one end of the spectrum to the other really, really fast, but we have that same opportunity daily where we can come to the Lord or come to friends or to a counselor or whatever to revive our hearts. So that way we can pour into their home. Um, how do you have tools for that? Do you have any wisdom you can share on how you've overcome that or how you continue to overcome that? Um, how do you specifically like routines? What do you do to overcome the hardships of homemaking so you can be a light bearer in your home? That's a great, that's a great question. I am, and I need to be better. I, I see a lot of women who are really gifted in routine and rhythm, and that's not something that I'm as gifted <laughs> as gifted in because I'm highly creative. And so I think sometimes I, I jump around with what I do, but also I think too, I think that there's in seeing that that's something that I want to grow in is, is being, I see other women that are gifted in that and their discipline. And I know that that's something that I need to grow in. Um, but I think also like doing different things can keep like our hearts fresh for the Lord. And so something, this is, this may be really, really cheesy, but I, I love, obviously I love to write, but also I love to, um, just not around anyone else go outside and like make up worship songs. (laughs) Um, that's, that's really just a practice of like, knowing that I can praise the Lord with my own words, um, not really around anyone else. And um, just, I love to write. So writing poetry or um, words for the Lord, even if they're just in my own heart, in my own head, just praising him with my own thoughts and words. Um, I love that. So (laughs) in the last year, I had never, so I've always had people say like, why don't you journal? Why don't you, you know, you see women who are like so good at journaling or having a diary when you're a child. Like I'd always want that. Like, oh, I'm going to buy this super cute sparkly diary. I'm going to write in it. And I'd write in it for like one day and then be over it. But up until this last year, I met a homemaker. Um, and I'll also, I'll actually share this in the notes as well, but her name's Naomi and she created the whole hearted quiet time companion journal, which is walks you through reading the Bible with like a Bible study, not really Bible, but 
where you would read in order. And she kind of outlines how within a year you'll read through the Bible. But then she provides opportunity in the back where you could take notes and then you write your prayer request or your prayer and what your gratitude for that day and whatnot. And so I had never really spent time really reflecting on the things that I'm reading. I kind of pray about it and I'm like, oh, that was a good seed. I'm going to sow that. And I pray that the Lord's going to really create this like beautiful harvest from the the word that he gave me today. But I never really took the time to pen to paper write out. And that when I started doing that, I started making all of these connections on how the Bible really is a living word and how it applies to my life. And then all of a sudden other scripture starts popping up and I and I'm tying it all together in this beautiful opportunity to grow in a season that I'm in. And oftentimes it's not the healthiest seasons. Like we always have, there's always wonderful things to celebrate. And then there's things that are really, we need to change. You're saying you're not great at routine and rhythm because of being a creative. I am there with you. I am not good. That's why you don't see me sharing a lot about routine and rhythm. I know it has good intention, but um, that's something I struggle with. And so it's, it's just funny how finding the things that we can uh, really, really think about and reflect in our current seasons. And then the you with creating worship songs and bringing it back to the Lord and me actually journaling the things that I'm reading is something that really brings life. And then you kind of, you start really understanding what, what your magnificence is in your home in areas where we need to grow and humble ourselves to become better women and better homemakers and better stewards of the Lord and his calling for us to be the light in the world and in our homes. It's hard. It's hard work, but it's, I feel like it's absolutely nothing, nothing bad comes from hard work. I don't think. No, I was, I wrote something that I shared today about work and how I think, and I think this ties in pretty well. One of the things that I've always struggled with is identifying what I do with who I am and let letting my value be placed in what I do instead of simply seeing the value in my work and not placing my value in what I do. Um, and so I shared something today on, on my feed um, about that, but I think that's one of my struggles in the home that I've had to really dig into. And I think that's one of the ways that the enemy can really like even when I'm, when I'm in really hard places of mental health is that whenever my home starts to get out of order or my, me and Millie's day or something like that, it's this idea that I, my value is at stake, not only like my (laughs) grocery list or the laundry. It's like, it's not only those things. It's like, I'm not valuable if I do not keep my home in order for, for two days, which is not true at all. Um, and, but I think that's something that I've had to work through and get, and that's something that my counselor has helped me dig into of where that comes from in me. Um, but I think for people who maybe struggle with mental health or even within homemaking, if you just have hard days where you don't feel like you're accomplishing what you are hoping to, I think understanding that our value is securing Christ and his work on the cross, which is already completed. Our hope, our, our hope is secure. Our worth is sure in him. And so I think for us understanding that, um, even on the hard days, 
that our worth isn't bound to whether my house is immaculate and whether my children are brilliant and and our homeschool is perfect and my feed looks great on Instagram. It's, it is not, our worth is not found in any of those things. And so I think too, just is for me, a, a practice of slowing down and I had to do this the other day because I get so insecure anytime. And this was early in our marriage, my husband, anything that it was like, oh, the dishes aren't clean or any of these things that I felt like I was failing at, which I wasn't failing, but in my mind, my worth and my, what I was doing was tied. And now even as a practice, whenever those things arise of, oh, honey, can you do some laundry or, or these things, which it's like as a homemaker, I, I hope that I'm you know, that those things are done in diligence and that I'm, I'm being a good steward of those things. But sometimes it's, he's out of underwear and he needs to, you know, I need to do more laundry and that's okay. Um, but in my, in my head, when those feelings arise of, um, instead of being like, oh, it's because I'm not good enough. It's, I just, I just haven't done a load of laundry today and that's okay. You just simply tie it to the actual action instead of putting emotion to it. It's like, wow, you're right. I need to wash your undies for you. (laughs) Like, that's all it is. I'm not a bad wife or homemaker. I just need to wash uh, some laundry. And you're right. It's easy to make those connections. What do you do? Is there something you pray? Is there a scripture that you go back towards? Is there something in that moment? Or is it have you... has it become just an awareness? So once you feel that feeling, what do you do to combat that feeling? Yeah, let me, um, I have a scripture that I go to. Let me find it really quick. Um, sorry. No, you're fine. you're fine. Okay, this is Hebrews 6, 19 through 20. This is the one that usually comes to mind whenever I'm thinking about like my worth being secure. Um, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as the forerunner on our behalf, having become the high priest, the high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So just that idea of like a steadfast anchor for my soul, that, that, that verse is what usually comes to mind (laughs) about whenever I'm thinking about my worth and it being secure. Um, is that I have an anchor. My husband uses that phrase a lot in our, in our youth ministry of throwing out our anchor. Um, I love, I, I think that's a really cool like metaphor of whenever we're, you know, if we're throwing out our anchor um, and scripture is our anchor, then we're going to be secure whenever we feel adrift. Cause often in, in mental health struggles, you feel unsure, unsteady and adrift. And so being able to feel anchored is really important in that. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that. I'm going to have to go back and really yeah. read that. And I'll share that as well in the podcast notes for anybody who needs that as a provision or tool for when they go through that. Because we all go through that. We yeah. Homemaking is a hard and holy uh, job that we're all called to do. And so to have tools and women and um, inspiration in other places to help us through those days because of how powerful this role really is, but how difficult it can be at times is incredibly life-giving. And it helps really women to keep going because it, sometimes it's easy to say, oh, you know what? 
I don't have any value in my home. I don't really understand the purpose and point of this. Maybe I should go out and get a job and um, do what society says. And it's easy to sometimes go there with it. And, and like you said, Satan likes that. He wants to call women out of the home. And um, so to have the tools and the provisions is really incredibly important and valuable. Um, before we wrap this up, Holly, I'd like for you to maybe give us a little bit about what you have on your journal online that I'll provide in the notes as well. And because you do, you share resources and tips and it's just another opportunity to surround ourselves with things that aid in our journey of homemaking. And so I'd like for you to give us a little bit about your journal and then um, what you sell in your shop because it's so beautiful, and <laughs> beautiful and productive tools for homemaking. And so I'd like for you to touch on that real quick. Yeah, in my journal, um, it's kind of just an extension of what an overflow of what I do on Instagram and just going a little bit deeper. Um, one of my favorite things that I've dived into, dove, <laughs> dived isn't the right, I've, maybe. I've, I've dove into is um, a, a resource on the gospel first, the gospel last, the gospel in the middle. It's my, that is my life, my life motto. And the story behind that is um, whenever I was working at sports camp in the summer, I had a director who would always say safety first, safety last, and safety in the middle. You always hear safety first, but he was he was like so big on safety that he would say safety first, safety last, and safety in the middle. Um, and that that phrase, it was so funny that it always stuck with me. Um, and whenever, uh, I think I, I wrote this within the, the last year, this the gospel first, the gospel last, the gospel in the middle, is just this idea that the gospel should not only be like the the very beginning or the very end, it needs to be this continuous thing that is driving what we do as women, as homemakers, as believers, as mothers, um, you know, whatever season that we're in, that the gospel would not only be the first and foremost or the end of we're going to be in heaven with Christ, but also what is driving us forward. So that's, that's one of my, I would, I would, I love, I love to talk about the gospel, obviously. And so, um, those are, that's what I love to share. I love to share about, um, I love to sew and knit. So I have some things about, um, so historical sewing patterns and some gardening things. And I, I have a lot that I'm hoping to share, um, this year as I continue to learn how to cook and garden and all these things within homemaking and, um, a homesteading mindset. So yeah, so beautiful. I know in Titus too, it talks about the women, teaching other women and it's, it's primarily I think talking about older women teaching the younger women but really in the homemakers club it's kind of this beautiful opportunity that we get to walk alongside one another uh, as we homemake and then like you on your journal you're teaching women how to equip their homes with biblical foundation and then the and then the fun stuff we get to do like the gardening yeah. and <laughs> sewing and the things that come with being a homemaker as well if that's what our hearts desire so I'm um, Holly, thank you so much for being on my podcast. This has been such a pleasure and I cannot wait to share this with so many women. I know that they're going to be really equipped and enriched by this conversation. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Ashley. And thank you so much for your ministry on Instagram and beyond. I think that you have created a space where um, 
so many people who have the same heart as me and um, that love their homes and want to steward their families well have been blessed by you and, and your ministry and gathering us as a club, kind of a, an informal club to come together and, and see that we can steward our homes well and, and glorify the Lord through us. So thank you. Thank you so much. I um, I haven't been sharing much about this, but you said informal club. And I always say the best is yet to come, but I'm not going to say too much, but it's going to be an actual club club um, relatively soon. So um, thank you so much for the kind words. And I am just so grateful for you, Holly. And women, I encourage you to go over to Holly's Instagram account because the days that she posts, which are most days, um, she shares not only beauty that you could be encouraged by where you want to go create beautiful scenes within your home, but also she equips you with the heart stuff too. And she's authentic and she is just so incredibly real, which is something we all crave. So Holly, thank you for doing that. And I am so grateful for you. Thank y'all for being here and for the work you are doing within your homes and sharing home with the world. I believe with my whole heart that every day, the more we share home and the art of homemaking, we are upholding the way in which home was intended to be, productive, fruitful, and beautiful. Though your days may seem ordinary, little by little, you are building something quite extraordinary. Keep up the good work, my friends. If you haven't already, I encourage you to join our sisterhood on Instagram at wearethehomemakers for daily encouragement and fellowship. And of course, subscribe here as well. We are the homemakers gathered for good. See y'all next week. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, your gateway to a new dimension of wellness. Featuring discussions with world-renowned experts, pioneers, champions, and professionals. Experience high-end production, sophistication, and easily applicable tips and tricks for everyday life. Your journey to wellness, it starts here and it starts now. Tune in to the Wellness Driven Life Show and become a part of the evolution of driven living. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be, but we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together.